Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor. And I'm Cody Green. Cody, we're back in the same shop together. Yeah, it's it's been quite a while. <laughs> it's been quite a while. Yeah, because so you've come up now for like two contig- contiguous weeks. Is that the right word? But two weeks in a row you've been up here. Yeah. And before that, when was the last time you were up here? Was it like February or some shit? Yeah, I think it was February. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was here for like a while jamming out that art spinner thing we were doing. Yeah. Right. That's still like in a container in Korea or something. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was like (laughs) the first job to get canceled. Yeah. Or one of the first, at least. One of the first. Yeah. 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 It was was on the horizon. And yeah. Oh, there's something going on over there. I don't know if that's going to be a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, you had plane tickets. I had plane tickets. To go to Korea. Yeah. And then like that would have been safer. It well, yeah. I mean, well they it, they got hit first, but then they did. They better. did, but they did better than like say yeah. New York, right? And now when they were talking about setting it up again, they're like, yeah, but we don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you guys definitely cannot come here, come to here. our country. No, <laughs> that'll <laughs> see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, wheel of fortune. Yeah. But it is nice being back in the shop. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did accidentally uh, incur a two week mandatory quarantine because <laughs> the first day I got here, Rhode Island got put back on the naughty list. But <laughs> yeah, our numbers are not uh, good yeah. right now. Yeah. But that's true. We keep, uh, they, the governor keeps blaming it on the college kids, which I, I mean, sounds right. Seems right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that story checks out. Really? Not social distancing? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm shocked. Right. Which I should say, we are currently. We are, we are at the opposite end. Away. Of, yeah. yeah. We're, we are six feet. We're at the long end of the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've been up here because we had a big design review for our biggest customer who had a... Thankfully, we've... You know, it, things are slow here, just to be honest with everybody, especially everyone else out there who is, I'm sure, in our industry, also pining for work. We are not... We're not flush with work ourselves, so fear not. It's not, <laughs> you are not alone. Um, but we have had like a couple of jobs um, kind of string us along. And shop staff here is still greatly reduced, um, but we've been able to keep uh, a core team on working on a couple of projects, and one of which is this big ongoing project that's still in the design phase, but um, hopefully makes it to production. We'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah. it's, it's unknown as everything is right now, but. Right. But they this week we had a, a big design review and they came out and you'd been up like jamming out, like doing the thing where you design stuff and then also made the prototypes and right. And, right. and get to present and Right. I got to present this time, which is also nice too. Yeah. So just yeah, designing into the void. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. The void is full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and that went very well. But we're actually not gonna talk about that today. Um, I mean, other than what we just did, but that's why you've been up here, but it's been great because now we get a chance to podcast and we've been doing a couple other odds and ends in the in-betweens. Right. The big design review. But we thought it would be a good time to talk about a new thing. A new thing, indeed. What's the new thing? The new thing is the trainee. The what now? The trainee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trainee. It's a we're pretty stoked to have this thing out. It's a very different product from what we normally do. Right, right. And what's your 
succinct pitch. What is the trainee? So the trainee is like scale, uh, what we call fun-sized automation uh, for the classroom. Um, and the classroom could be an honest-to-God classroom classroom, or it could be your dorm room, or it could be if you're a, a professional looking to bone up on some automation uh, topics, that maybe the classroom is your your office, your bedroom, your living room, wherever. Um, but it's fun-sized automation. So this is a scale model, roughly quarter-inch scale, um, with little motors and right now running little deck tracks. The first deck is a, um, a de show deck that has just winches in it, mm -hmm. um, up to three winches and simple push button relay control and limit switch positioning. Um, but the idea here is to, well, a couple of things. One is to give you kind of a fun kit to put together because the things like a build your own, assemble your own. Right. Flat pack sort of. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Build your own kit. Yeah. So, which is, I mean, for anyone who's in this sort of racket, like you probably like building things too. So you, <laughs> <laughs> so you get a bunch of parts and you get to put together, put together this little quarter inch uh, scale stage and assemble the win the little miniature winches and then wire the thing up. And along the way, uh, we teach you uh, uh, about some mechanical stuff and electrical stuff and basic controls. Um, so it's a great way to get through your kind of fundamentals of automation in a time when many people can't be in a real shop playing with real big motors. Right. Um, so we thought we'd take this opportunity. So the thing just launched. Today is when we're recording on Wednesday, October 7th, and we just launched it. Uh, and we thought it'd be fun to like sit down and, and kind of hash through like, what is this thing? How do we get here? How do we design it? And I don't know, just cover the bases, right? Right. Just gab about it. Gab about it. Right. <laughs> exactly. We like it, so we're going to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. And so was in preparation for this, we were looking back through some old posts, right? Right. Just where did this idea come from? Yeah. Right. And it looked like back in August, we had had some discussions about, hey, with the school year starting up, what can we possibly do uh, to, to get automation back into the academic setting uh, for the school year in the challenging times uh, with most folks not being able to do real shows on stage and automate real stuff. Right. And we had a few ideas in that thread, um, but one of them was, why don't we do a, a scaled down version of, uh, of a show deck? Um, and this was loosely based on, some stuff we had done in the past, and it's been years and years um, since we've made one, but we've made a couple of these uh, in the past, which are like kind of the same idea, but we always, I always went a little overboard on them. <laughs> <laughs> they got a little big, right? And a little heavy, uh -huh. and way too expensive. Definitely. Because <laughs> <laughs> they would have like encoders and then stagehand cards, right? And and pretty soon you're like thousands of dollars into this thing. And you're like, well, this is, I mean, our hope with this, the idea was this should be cheap enough that like, it's roughly like a lab fee for a, for a class that you're taking. Right. Cause the other one you ended up paying for about like half or three quarters of a winch. 
they could never transition out of the classroom onto the stage floor or that hurts cause it's so true or it's so yeah. Transition off the table that it's being stored by right. anyone. Like you, so if you've had, if you had thousands of dollars to spend on automation, like you don't want to spend the, like you said, on something that you can't actually ever put on stage. And right. like, this needs to be hundreds, like low hundreds of dollars. Right. Um, not thousands. Yeah. Um, but hopefully with some expandability so that it could get, you know, that it can grow a little bit with you and you can do different things with it and so on. But like that, that entry point's got to be low cost. And that was, so when Pete put his spin on it, I think that was one of the things he really hammered on was like, it's got to be low dollar. Right. And then he, but he had an interesting take on the, on the spike mark control. Right. Cause the original one was like, what's the cheapest path to get you using spike mark. Right. At your desk. And the answer to that is there is <laughs> <laughs> nothing really fantastically cheap. Not, cheap. <laughs> nothing that normal people would call cheap. Right. Yeah. Yes. So he his idea was what if it's not spike mark controlled? You know, we're not talking about encoded AC induction motors or, you know, really stripping it back. Right. Because his point was, and a really good one was, um, well, a couple of things. One was like, a, let's not make it only be spike mark controlled, right? It should be easy enough to control like with a PLC or an Arduino or something else. And then B, like it, let's let's leave the encoders and the fancy motion control out of it. Like let's just take this down to um to bang bang control, right? Mm -hmm. So that it's like push button and limit switches, because that's still um a really valid way to run some effects. And when you're getting started, like that's a yeah. Right, yeah, I mean, starting at zero and going all the way to, like, full position-controlled, you know, variable-speed drives, encoders, like... Closed-loop closed loop control, you know, brakes. Like, the whole thing is a pretty steep climb. And so, like, visiting on a stop in between, there's still a lot to learn in yeah. that path. And I think we've all had this conversation in the last couple of intervening weeks as we've pitched in on this project. Like, you know, like, we were polling, like, when did you first learn how to re how a relay worked? Right. right. And yeah, I, I know for me, it didn't happen until my first job or my second job, actually, like when I started working at Mystic. So I was like two years out of college and still had never had to wire up my own like relay panel to do something. How about right. you? Mine was here yeah. at my first job. <laughs> <laughs> well, like my internship. Your internship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in college, like my yeah, junior yeah. year of college when yeah. I was here. And that was like the first like. Did you guys ever cover that in class at all? No. Right. Right. And I think that's common. Right. I mean, we we had the benefit of having some Creative Connors gear at school. So it was like we did do that like zero to like when we used automation, it was right. full, full blown. But, right. you know, even then, like I wasn't cracking. Well, initially, yes, I wasn't were. cracking open the stage hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. But yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And it, I had another experience, uh, I don't know, within the last couple of years. I guess it was my daughter's senior year of high school, so that was like three years ago, um, where I mentored the robotics team. And there was a yeah, bunch of brilliant kids, like very <laughs> smart, you know. And I was there just as like the mentor, or like the professional mentor, like the faculty person. And then you can have like one parent, right? 
or it doesn't even have to be a parent, just somebody who knows something about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Neither do you. Well, I volunteered. <laughs> like, I don't know that anyone ever picks me, but I volunteered. And, um, and it was a fun, you know, fun thing to do with my daughter and all that stuff. But we had a moment where we were working on one of their robot mechanisms and the motor was just spinning the wrong way. And I was like, oh, fellas, just swap the two, the red and the black. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I don't think it works that way. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I, I guarantee you it works that way. They're like, no, we got to get the Android app out. We got to log into this thing. We got to change this. I'm like, mm. I'm telling you, as I, I can see all of the components. You just need to flip those two wires, you know? <laughs> and, um, and they're like, no, these motors don't do that. And then we had like a little sidebar about like, how DC motors work. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know that they totally appreciated, although I think some of them did, you yeah. know, and then you could, uh, anyway, all that to say, like, I think there's still a gap in a lot of folks who are coming up who haven't done much of this yet, where it's like, you know, you, you do need a little experimenting space to figure out the basics. Cause if you don't nail those basics down, it only gets harder. Right. Right. Yeah. So. And relay logic is still like important, you know, and even if you end up doing like PLC programming and stuff. Right. PLC, Arduino. I mean, it is, it is a cool time to be interested in this kind of stuff because that bar has been lowered so close to your reach, but then, you know, there's still some fundamental parts of using relays, especially as things scale. You're like, oh, you're going to run into some relays. Like, yeah, (laughs) they come up, they come up. (laughs) Absolutely. So I think that's, that was, I think that Pete's vision there was, really helped us turn a corner on what this product could be and how we could get it down to uh, an affordable price point of like let's let's scale the scale the scope back down to a, a, a more fundamental trainer. Right. Um. So we had those conversations and we came up with this idea and then we all like kind of chucked around concepts. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to buy a bunch of little parts and just to get them in the door and see what they're like and see which, what is the likely component selection. Um, and I used some of those robot store connections from the, the robotics team mm-hmm. and ordered some things from a couple different vendors and got them in and pretty quickly we were able to figure out like, we had I gotten like a small, medium, large motor and like the medium one seemed like the right fit. Right. But then I ran into some trouble that like the, we're, we knew we were going to, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I just figured we were going to do winches first. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with winches pretty generally. Like. <laughs> right. Like that seems like the right place to start. Um, so we knew we wanted, I knew we wanted to do winches and, um, and so I was like, well, We'll do some timing belts maybe mm-hmm. or and i had a, some goofy ideas about like doing like a string based winch but that pretty quickly dissolved into like that's crazy talk let's not do that right um but i bought like a machine's timing belt pulley like drive pulley idler and then like a machined belt clamp right and it okay. was all the price was quickly like the cost of the components was quickly exceeding the selling price of the entire thing. Right. And I put out a little call on base camp and I was like, cause I, literally I was sitting at my desk feeling really uh, defeated. I was like, this is not going to happen. Like right. I, I don't see any way that we, 
and we'll talk a little bit about the electrical components too, but just starting with those drive components, I'm like, right. The motor is what the motor is and there's no getting around that. And then, you know, as you get into the machine timing belts and then even the timing belt itself was like a pretty burly, like industrious belt and like, you know, all the components therein, like, yeah, it all just started adding up very, very fast. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Look, I can't even get the material cost down to the selling price." And in, I didn't write, but in my head, I was thinking, "I'm like, I don't think this. I think this is has no legs because I don't think that we can make it happen for this money." Um, but before I did that, said that, I was like, "I should just ask the group of like, hey, anybody else have any ideas?" Right. And, and I'm glad it did because you guys had some great ideas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There were some ideas on like larger, like looking at quantities and trying to like, oh, what if we use larger sheet goods or if we, you know, and some, most of that stuff that didn't, didn't pan, that out. Didn't pan out. But I had some ideas because I had previously like made some like rep wrap 3D printers, which have somewhat similar kind of components and stuff uh, and kind of leaned on some of those ideas to really just <laughs> rapidly cut some parts and some like things down. Hugely reduce the costs of those drive components. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So instead of a, let me get going into it. The main idea was instead of any of the machines, timing belts or like belt clamps or any of those sorts of things going to laser cut acrylic parts that we, you know, design the shapes and then stack them up to build the heights that we need to make the drive pulley. And then all the, like the capture mechanism, the capture mechanisms and really go through like just sandwiching a bunch of parts and then clamping them all down with some small screws to then build up the shapes that we need. Yeah. And then to eliminate the idler pulley, we went to a uh, like skateboard bearing. Right. Uh, Cause we're like, Oh, we don't need teeth over there. And we're just <laughs> right. It's just an idler. Yeah. It's just yeah. an idler. And we're like, Oh, how, how cheap are those? And we're like, Oh, very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like really economical. Right. Yeah. 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 Like 20 for the price of one. Like they were like one twentieth of the component that I had selected. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That. And then we also stepped the belt down instead of like a, like robotics kind of industrious little belt. We went to like a 3d printer style, like, gt2 yeah 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 style yeah. belt and that from an xl yeah yeah right yeah net again down on the price, <laughs> the price. Yeah. yeah right yeah yeah and then it all started to feel a little more and then that was like super inspiring it was like wait yeah wait we can totally do this and i had when you suggested the laser cut parts i was still kind of trepidatious about it i'm like is that really gonna work and is that gonna be any really that much cheaper because i mean like it's only eight bucks for this pulley and like how much time is it going to take? And, you know, and I hadn't really used the laser in anger. Like I've used it a few times, like for making prototypes and stuff, but right. Yeah. That should be said. The laser cutter that we have here is I think both of us going before this, like past couple of weeks, we're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's cool. I've seen it cut some stuff, but I didn't really like really used it. Right. And it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I had, I cut out, I don't know, like, I don't know, whatever, a half dozen of each component that you had designed mm -hmm. in seconds. Like it, <laughs> it was just like, and they like pop the hood and pull the parts out. Like, yeah. Oh, 
And this was like, I don't know, 85 cents worth of acrylic. I just burned through, you know, right. like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be way cheaper. <laughs> right. And, and because we're not really, you know, you're not, there's no load on these things. Like you're just pulling around a little model piece. Like obviously we wouldn't normally use acrylic for a drive component, but right here, mm-hmm. like it's stouter than it needs to be. Honestly, like it's right. it, it anyway. Yeah. The yeah. laser was huge. huge. And it, so like seeing was believing on that. Like when I went over and actually made some of the parts, it's like, Oh, this is totally going to work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I was hesitant as well. Like when I pitched it to you, I was like, I don't know. I, I drew this <laughs> and I think it could work, but yeah. I don't know. Like I haven't used the laser that much. I haven't like, you know, Right. I hadn't even at that moment seen the motor in person. Like I hadn't just like, I don't know, maybe it'll work. Yeah. And then once they were cut, we're like, Oh no, this will, this will totally work. Yeah. 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 And then that, that was great. That was really, that got me out of my, uh, despondency about like, I don't know, this is never going to happen. Can't make it work for this kind of money, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and started looking harder at some of the electronic component or electrical components too, to try and like just play a whole round of like cost golf. Right. Cause I, I think on our first pass, we're like, yeah, we're definitely, I mean, we love these relays. These are awesome. <laughs> we, oh, these are the best buttons. We, we love these buttons. They're the best ones that we want on everything. And then, yeah. Cause we had like NKK switches for the buttons, like right. our favorite, like you said, our favorites, our right. Favorites. And, and Phoenix contact relays, right? Again, our favorites. Our favorites, <laughs> right? <laughs> like even even the line of the Phoenix contactors are, <laughs> yeah, the the priciest of the components, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it didn't take long before it was like, you know what? How about how about if we didn't use our favorites? Like, right. what if we again just like go for what is the most affordable right like accepting that this is not going to be inside every stage hand right this is going to be for a training model and the most important things is that i mean obviously it has to work it has to be high right. enough quality that it actually functions but it it just needs to to work and be clear about how it works right like you know do you want to use like ice cube relays so you can see inside of them and you mm-hmm. can see how the parts are moving and so on and but beyond that, like, how how cheap can you get? Yeah. You know, uh, so we can because is it going to be more important to get all of the relays, or is it going to be more important to have like the perfect tactile experience on the button? Right, which is a hard question for you and I, because I think <laughs> out of everyone in the shop, you and I have a particular affinity for <laughs> switches. For switches, yeah, yeah, yep. So yeah. We swallowed that one. So we swallowed that one, <laughs> and we went on the hunt and found found very affordable relays right. like of not a nothing that i would recommend anyone put like in their industrial control panel i mean not that they're unsafe but i just i would question their longevity you know yeah. you know in heavy use um but what it it made it possible right right like that we could actually get it done which is really fun to see like oh my god we can actually have this and what it it opened up the opportunity then to pack a couple of relays on and have um some din rail terminals some actual phoenix contact din rail terminals right. on there yeah yeah i mean and that was something nice too because we had originally talked about like well you know the cheapest way to do this would be like you could do it all pcb level 
Right. Like we could whip up some PCBs and get them ordered and have yeah. them pre-made and they'll be great. And you're like, but then it's just a black magic like <laughs> PCB. Right. And then a lot of people, I mean, certainly I know when I was in school, like, you know, what, what is DIN rail? Like what is a DIN rail terminal block? Like what, it, like how, what is the mechanics of actually using industrial automation equipment and, and how is it different than any of the other, you know, yeah, microcontrollers or you know, and any I think other it's things. Totally, I think that's a really. Uh, it feels really good that you, we can pack these things on, on components that you would see inside of a real control panel, right? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and you get used to those ideas because similarly, like I had never seen Dinrail until I got my first job, and like you know, right? Same thing with real terminal blocks and all that stuff, and yeah, and like you said, like we were. I'd forgotten that conversation about the PCBs because that was the other thing I was looking at was like, like those are crazy cheap. <laughs> those are crazy cheap and we could totally spin the PCBs. But like you said, then it's just another black box. Right. It's like hook up the motor here, hook up the limit switches here. Mm-hmm. And right. now it works. But it, but that kind of defeats the educational aspect of it where it's like we really want you to wire in the relays. Like and so we mm-hmm. have a schematic and we have a wiring diagram and we have an inst- installation guide and so you get to see not only how you wire it in but why you know like why was this choice made at the design level right yeah yeah it's cool yeah (laughs) it's cool and just what you said about the ice cube relays too i hadn't thought about it before you said it either it's like oh yeah you can see in there you can see the relays activating like you know Oh yeah, you're building the drivetrain. You're stacking these things up. You're seeing how it all works. You're putting it all together. You you're throwing the relays all together. You're watching them work. Like it's all like every step of the process. You're gonna get some little inside info on on what it takes to do this thing. Right, right. Yeah, and that's one of the things I I really love about the little ice cube relays is just that you 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 get to see how beautifully simple that idea is like <laughs> you can see the contacts flip from one side to the other and actually get like oh yeah i mean I, you can just trace with your finger and see you like, mm-hmm. oh that's how it works that's how it works yeah you can really tell when they're blown <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead giveaway when they are Smoking. when you can't see inside <laughs> covered in <laughs> black smoke yeah 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 and then for the, we kind of skipped over the, um, the base or like the, the model box itself, but that was a, um, well, first of all, it's made out of birch plywood. So it's a, it is actually a, a nice little piece. It's a three millimeter birch plywood that we cut on the laser, which also works very well. Um, but when we went, went to design the thing, like Pete had done like a, SketchUp model, like an animation of what he was seeing. And then I did like a notability sketch of, well, cause one of my things that I wanted to get in there was make sure that we had kind of like a, in the stage left wing, it's super expanded and it's going to hold all the electrical components over there. Right. And then you took all that stuff and made it into actually something real. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was like kind of merging of worlds of, uh, you know, the, spot for all the electronics, which is going to be really important. And then like some of the like hyper specificity of Pete's model boxes and stuff, ideas like molded in and like simplified down to be something we could cut and assemble really reasonably. So, you know, yeah, it's birch plywood, 
tab and slot details everywhere with some uh, 440 hardware. Yeah. Um, and kind of like all Ikea's together. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's really cool. And I think that that, I, I showed it to uh, Emily and and Violet at home, and they were fascinated with the joinery. You oh, know? yeah. And, and I was like, well, you know, the funny thing is, like, this is how we actually build our big machines, too. And right. Even funnier is that, like, when we started building our big machines like this, we kind of ripped it off of, like, the MakerBots and stuff, like the original, like. Right. So it, like, came from the small world, and we blew it up to big world, and then now we're taking it back down to the small world again. Yeah, you know? I did go to Thingiverse and look <laughs> at the, like, MakerBot replicator, like, CAD files, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, no, this is totally, you know, I. Yeah. Because my brain of winch making with the tab and slot detail is these like wider slots with like pretty even spaces. So to get the like right. deformation down and you keep the pressure evenly applied on the faces and stuff. And I was like, oh, it, we don't need that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. we want like the smaller tabs that are easier for you to make. And, you know, this isn't seeing any real force in any of the ways. So like, you know, trying to make it as easy to construct and uh, handle as possible. So. Cause it does ship as a flat pack, like totally broken down and you get like the, all the different model pieces and then your, your hardware bags for the screws and so on. And then you, you put it together, but it ships in like something that's a little bit larger than like a tabloid sheet of paper, four inches thick. Like, so like a, mm -hmm. it's like a 20 inch by 17 or a 20 inch by 12 inch by four inch box that right. it would come in. Um, and then you're, you're going to assemble it all. I thought one of the, so, so you designed that thing up, right? Mm -hmm. And then we had like a little check-in because we had, I mean, things are a little nuts right now anyway. Like we're, yeah. we're working on several different things at once with so few of us around. We're, we're trying to keep all the balls in the air. And like I had started working on the electrical side of it. You had started working on the model side of it. And then we kind of reconvened and, well, you tell it best, like, because <laughs> I was like, hey, we're going to go with, I don't even remember what my thing was that we were going to go with. Yeah, I think you were, you were in the, I think you were in the bit of that uh, <laughs> negative wasteland. Like, we just got to start cutting something and see this because it's going to die soon. I think was, I could tell in your voice uh, <laughs> and we were checking back in. And so it was like, we'll just go with like, you know, the bot parts that I already have, which we all know are too expensive. <laughs> And I was like, oh, well, I don't actually have a model for that anymore because we all agreed that wasn't going to work. <laughs> I have this like kind of kooky stack up idea of the drivetrain of like cutting some acrylic. And you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, we, we could do that. Like, but like how much of it is ready? And I was like, oh, we were like we were on the phone at the time. And yeah. I was like, we'll just do like a Google video, like share my screen and like started panning <laughs> over the parts. And you're like, oh. Oh, I mean, I know you posted a screenshot and I should have assumed that mean that you modeled it, but like, this is like done. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I think it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I was definitely at that point of like, I, we got to just start going, we got to go, we got to cut some shit and like, see, we'll just, yeah, we'll figure this out or not, mm -hmm. you know? And then, yeah, like you shared your screen. I was like, Oh, Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got this all dialed in. Like everything is finished. Like all the hardware is done. Like great. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. We, <laughs> right. should, we, we should go. Let's let's do this one. Let's do this idea. Right. Yeah. The whole model box was done. All the tabs were there. <laughs> Everything was in place. Yeah. 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 And so then I took it and just started. I cut the first set of it out, and it that went very very well and very very quickly, and assembled the thing. And then we had like a uh, there were a few components that like we were had still we were still new or I was still noodling on. And so like I just took that first one and drilled holes and opened some holes up. And then like some stuff was too big because I changed, I changed buttons <laughs> so many times. Try Once we left the NKK switch land, it was just yeah. like a, a free for all. <laughs> <laughs> if I could get back the hours of my life that I've spent demoing buttons, mm. <laughs> I'd have, I'd have, I'd have weeks. Yeah. Weeks. Um, but I found some, anyway, so I found some like very affordable buttons that we put in there. And anyway, that, that first model box, um, yeah, it was just like chucking in a few extra holes. And then the big thing that was missing was the limit switches. Right. And that yeah. was funny to me because, because <laughs> I think this is a great, like I was joking around the office after I did this. I'm like, this is not only like a great educational experience for like the people who are using it. It's a great reminder for me that like all of the same problems always still exist because <laughs> <laughs> like I ended up placing the limits, which is, and then recut, you know, I placed the limits, which is, and it's like held them in place with like some thumbtacks or something to test it out. And then I just measured where the thumbtack holes were and I, added them to your fusion model and then recut the lid, assembled the whole thing. And I've been taking assembly photos of it. Like yeah. I thought I was done. You, you cut multiple versions. Like you cut a couple <laughs> copies of it. Oh like yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, this will be the real one. So yeah, I'll just get a jump on it and cut mm -hmm. a few of these out. And, uh, I'm to this, the point in like the instruction manual where like you insert, <laughs> insert the limits, which is, it through the little adjustment slots and I poke the screws through and they get stuck. And I'm like, what's going on? And I flip the thing over. I'm like, Oh my God, I put the limit switch slots right over the damn belt. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like never fails, never fails, never fails. Like, yeah. and I, you know, yeah, it was just like, a, it was a, I mean, you know, not, not the end of the world. It was, and actually what was funny then too, is I had, I don't remember what was my bad idea. I had a terrible idea of like how I was going to fix it. Oh, I know what I was going to do. I, yeah, I shouldn't even admit this thing on, on live radio. Uh, but they, I was like, well, I can, I think I can rearrange some of the thicknesses on some of these stack ups and drop the belt down like another eighth of an inch, oh, which right. would let the, the head of the screw, um, be, sit above the belt. <laughs> right. And the <laughs> Right. You're like, you know what I'll do instead of moving some slots is I'll just rebuild the whole drivetrain <laughs> and the idler pulley and the dog. <laughs> yeah. But the thing in my defense was at the moment, I was like, I've just taken 200 photos of this thing yeah. and I got to start all over. <laughs> and I really don't want to do that. And then Harry was like in his very quiet, Harry voice was like, well, you could make that dog a little bigger. I was like, I'm sorry. What did you say? You could uh, you could make the dog bigger, right? Because then they would like kick it farther away from the track, and and then your limits wouldn't be over the belt. Oh, mm. yeah, that's the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I should totally do that. I'm like, and then I'll just recut the dog, and 
recut the top and re <laughs> recutting mm -hmm. the slots at the top that just meant that like everything had to come apart but ultimately obviously not that big of a deal it's not i mean it's a very small model it doesn't take that long right. it was just like a, it was it was funny <laughs> mostly it was funny to me that that <laughs> just the just the interference like right yeah, like how many times have we gone through a design review and we get to the hard to set limit switches and we're like, God, how do we, come on. <laughs> limit switches, they're the thing you got to set. They're the thing that everyone always touches. You can't make them hard to set. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. there you are. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> I'm like, well, you'll need a special tool. <laughs> You're going to have to set the limits before you put the belt on. <laughs> and the dog, because actually the belt is integral to the dog. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, you wouldn't have really, because you can just push that little belt out of the way, but it was it was lame. It yeah. was totally lame. It was just funny. It was just funny. Like, here we are again. Yeah. Here, it doesn't matter. Like, you can scale you can scale the size of the machine down. The size of the problem doesn't change. Right. Yeah. Anyway. But it is great now. It is great now. Absolutely, it's great now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and the whole thing looks really... We're sitting here uh, looking at the at the first production unit and I, the laser still get, makes me giddy. Like, cause we were able to, uh, etch into the, into the plywood, like not only the logo, but then like the power spec on the power jack and stuff. And then right. all the labeling for the buttons and the external controls. Oh, we didn't mention that though. So the each, um, you know, you got momentary buttons for forward and reverse. Um, but then the, each button is also, uh, run in parallel with a series of, or with a, a pair of banana jacks. Right. So you can run it with a stage NFX or, or an Arduino or a PLC or yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just anything to give you a switch closure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can do your sequencing and stuff that way. And right. Which is interesting. I mean, going back to the point earlier about, uh, what, like we got to strip it down. Let's not worry about spike mark. Let's worry about, you know, just make it as simple as possible. And we were able to, you know, figure out in an economical way, like you can still open up spike mark and run this off an FX and start, you know, yeah. Playing with those sorts of things with the, the trainee as is. Yeah. Which, is which I think is cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Cause we like spike mark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then on the electrical side too, you get a chance to see like a real, like reversing interlocked circuit too. Like the, one right. of the things that we got to do with, by putting the, the their triple pole relays in there is that you have a, a a pretty stock standard reversing circuit that you would use um, normally, like in any scenario. Right. You know, uh, with a what I mean by that is just like even with a big motor, you could do a very similar, logically similar uh, circuit. So, right, and. Um, yeah, so I think that's. I, I think the whole thing is great, and it. The other thing that's really exciting about it is that you know it's there are lots of expansion opportunities. So the the base model comes with one winch, but it can hold up to three. Um, but we're also already talking about what are the next machines to put in it, and right, you know, different decks that could could swap in and so on. So you can do your turntables, you can do hoists, you can do roll drops, you can you know, right, and kind of go through the whole thing. Our current lunchtime banter is just like what about a little version of x or what about a in you know yeah it's so it's fun for us too <laughs> it is definitely fun for us yeah yeah so i mean that's uh that's 
that's kind of the story of the trainee. And I think it's really going to be a great piece of equipment for folks in the classroom. And I really hope um, that people get as much of a kick out of using it and building it as, uh, as we had making it and are still having fun playing around with it here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's exciting. And it's worth mentioning, too, that, you know, because the whole thing bolts together, that it is also something that you can, if you're using it in a classroom scenario, you can have one set of students put it together this year or this semester and then take it all apart. Break and it down. Yep. Break it all down and put it all together next semester, too. So it's not like you have to have to get fresh ones each time. Like, it's, it's totally... Um, I mean, we would, certainly we would love to sell as many of them as possible. But we also <laughs> want this. We also seriously want this to be an educational help, right? Like that. One of the things that we love to do here is to try and spread the gospel of automation to as many people as care to listen to it. And so, anything we can do to kind of help that uh, out for the younger generation of technicians, I think, will be great. And so, yeah, it's totally reusable. So right. Bust it back down. Put it back together. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to get into some people's hands and, you know, see, like, we had a lot of fun making this winch and, like, I'd love, I want to see your guys' Arduino. Like, what are you doing? It's it's cool. Like, yeah. And whatever else you might glom onto it. Right. How you exactly. might decorate it or how you, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let us know. Yeah. We want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya.